Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call.
Our third quarter results reflect the impact of our strategic long-term initiatives, our flexibility, and key investments. To give you further context, here are a few highlights. First, I'd like to give an update on our digital business, which we believe to be a foundational component of the future of retail. We have invested heavily in our e-commerce business for years with a long-term view. This year, we successfully executed against the against that long-term strategy, and at the same time, strategically deployed additional resources to better capture and serve demand around the world in our peak season. As a result, our global e-commerce revenue increased by 39.3%, and we are encouraged by the strong momentum and acceleration that we continue to see across our e-commerce business in the fourth quarter. This, this quarter, I feel it's important to give deeper geographical insight into our e-commerce business. Across each of our major markets, we saw strong double-digit growth. Europe was, Europe was particularly strong, and this includes France, Germany, and Ireland, and a nearly doubling of our digital business in the UK. In mainland China, Tmall continues to be a bright spot and a powerful channel for our brand. And in our well-established sites in Canada and the United States, we saw a strong increase in revenue from a contribution perspective. Now, to our next strategic priority, mainland China. On our last earnings call, I spoke about the growth plans that we put in place for our business in the region. We have continued to execute on these plans. In the past year, we have more than doubled the number of stores we operate in the market. This quarter, we saw that our investment has delivered strong results and our mainland China DTC revenue has increased by 41.7%. We're still very early in our journey in mainland China and we see significant opportunity to continue to grow our network in the region. In a year that began with so much uncertainty, throughout it all, we've learned more about shifts in our customers' behavior, which has shaped our strategic approach moving forward. On our last call, I discussed in-store omnichannel shopping, which had just gone live. We believed that it would be a needle mover for customer experience and conversion, and I am pleased to say that it has been. As the path to purchase continues to evolve, this quarter we truly saw the power of the endless aisle. We consider this a validation of our, of our approach and commitment to enable Canada Goose fans to shop with us wherever they are, whenever they want, and with access to our complete assortment. Today, I also want to highlight the continued importance of sustainability across our business. We are steadfast in our commitment to strengthening our communities, protecting our planet, and working towards a better future for generations to come. In this quarter, we introduced Human Nature, a purpose-based platform that unites our sustainability and values-based initiatives. It is the driving force of our enduring commitment embedded across every aspect of our operations. The role of business has evolved in today's world and driving meaningful change has become fundamental to today's consumer. We are focused on keeping the planet cold and the people on it warm through our sustainable impact strategy, continued product innovation, invigorating global communities, and building culture through the arts. We've been trusted to protect people from the element, and now, through human nature, we are taking warmth to an even deeper level. Building on that, 
This past January, we launched our most sustainable parka to date, the standard expedition parka. This brand new style, inspired by the iconic expedition parka, encapsulates our heritage, renowned functionality, and epitomizes sustainable innovation. This product is a significant leap forward for our brand, helping to set the standard for the future of outdoor at Canada Goose. We have kept sustainability at the forefront throughout the past six decades, driven by constant innovation for the betterment of both our consumers and the planet. And I'm proud to say that this is only the beginning of our sustainable apparel journey and that the consumer response has matched our own excitement as the style has nearly sold out. Further to the topic of brand momentum and consumer relevance, last month we partnered with Shanghai-based Angel Chen, our first ever guest designer. We challenged her to take her heritage pieces and co-create a capsule based on her innovative design direction. The collection is a relevant new perspective and another important hype moment for the brand. And lastly, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome Michael Armstrong, who joined our board of directors in January. A 22-year industry veteran, he is currently EVP Worldwide Television Licensing and Operations for Viacom CBS Global Distribution Group. I'm confident that his vast popular culture, entertainment, and media exposure and experience will provide a valuable perspective as we continue to execute on our long-term growth strategy. And with that, I'll turn it over to Jonathan to go over the details of our financial results and outlook. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Danny, and thank you all for joining us. Looking at our Q3 performance and our current trends, there are three key themes that stand out. Canada Goose has returned to growth. The resilience of our earnings and cash model has delivered. And we're entering the final quarter of the fiscal year with strong momentum. Starting with the top line, total revenue increased by 4.8% to $474 million, with significant sequential improvement across our business. This reflects global demand strength, as well as our ability to pivot our distribution to where the consumer is shopping today. Coming out of the first COVID wave in the summer, we were in the midst of a massive digital, digital shift in consumer behavior. We knew that e-commerce was as close as we could get to an always open channel. Against this, we were proactive in our investments to prepare for the full winter selling season, from logistics to inventory, marketing, and experience. The result is a strong acceleration in performance in our biggest quarter. E-commerce grew by 39.3%, driven by meaningful increases to both traffic and conversion. Operationally, we're pleased with how smoothly our 3PL network handled and shipped record online volumes during peak. The transition we completed in the summer to enhance scalability and service levels was central to achieving this. Geographically, there was well-balanced double-digit growth in all of our major e-commerce markets. In North America, we saw strong contributions from our well-established sites in Canada and the US. In mainland China, our shop in Tmall's luxury pavilion continues to be a powerful engine for growth. And last but not least, our momentum in Europe was exceptional. This includes very strong results 
in Germany, France and the Republic of Ireland, and a near doubling of our digital business in the UK. Alongside e-commerce, our other big strategic bet this year was store expansion in Asia. With a total shutoff of international shopping, we knew that serving the world's largest luxury consumer base at home was critical. DTC revenue in mainland China increased by 41.7%, with existing stores near pre-pandemic levels and the completion of our two remaining openings in Changchun Charter and Shanghai IAPM. This strengthens our conviction in runway as we further expand in Tier 1 and Tier 2 cities, complemented by the reach of Tmall. At our stores in North America and Europe, we faced outside, outsized headwinds from capacity restrictions and mandatory closures, compounded by a lack of international traffic. In Q3, we lost 35 trading days for each of our three locations in Toronto, with Ottawa and Montreal also shutting at the end of the quarter. In London, we lost 36 trading days, with Paris and Milan each closed for 30, as well as Berlin for 12 days. These closures include some of our most productive stores globally in their biggest and busiest days of the year. Against this, to achieve total DTC revenue of 299.4 million, only 2.4 million less than last year, is a great result. Relative to Q2, we offset a much greater proportion of retail declines through e-commerce, and when open, the stores delivered strong productivity. Wholesale increased by 2.7% to $160.8 million. This was driven by later shipment timing, based on requests for more of an in-season fulfillment model. We're pleased with the performance of our partners this full winter, and we will continue to take a controlled, brand-first approach to managing this channel. Moving to earnings and cash flow, adjusted EBIT margin was 33.3% in the quarter. This is a level of profitability most brands never come near, let alone in times like these. Our resilience is grounded in full-price economics and highly productive distribution. Consolidated gross margin was 66.8%, with PTC at 77.9% and wholesale at 51.5%. Both channels were above typical levels due to temporary tailwinds. Gross margins in the mid-70s for DTC and mid to high 40s for wholesale remain the right level for our business over the long term. That said, these increases also reflect the durability of our gross margin fundamentals. Going down the PL, DTC operating margin was 55%. Retail profitability was impacted by operating disruptions, but was still very strong, and the uplift from e-commerce growth was a positive partial offset. Wholesale operating margin came in at 42.9%. While aggressively managing costs and cutting discretionary spending, we are well equipped to play offense when we see the opportunity. We accelerated SGNA investments in brand and demand building 
while still delivering a strong profit this quarter. Adjusted EPS per diluted share was a dollar and a cent compared to dollar and eight cents last year. Moving to cash, free operating cash flow was $309.6 million, an increase of $75.1 million, driven by reduced working capital. As a vertical manufacturer with an evergreen offering, we are executing against our planned drawdown of staged goods. Inventory decreased by 2.6% relative to Q3 last year and 17.8% relative to the end of fiscal 2020. We remain on track to deliver a significant year-over-year decline as we close out fiscal 2021. In terms of liquidity, we are in a strong position with low leverage and a high degree of flexibility. Cash was a $469 million at the quarter end, alongside an additional $256 million of available borrowing capacity in our undrawn revolver. Finishing with current trends, we are encouraged by the continued acceleration that we have seen in e-commerce growth since December. On the retail side, however, store closures and mobility restrictions have intensified. 25% of our own retail stores globally are currently closed. Globally, we've also seen a slowdown in foot traffic in certain markets in response to new movement restrictions. Recognizing this is a dynamic situation, we believe we are well positioned to continue moderating these headwinds through our digital business. In wholesale, the vast majority of our shipments have been completed for the year. Q4 is seasonally a very small quarter for the channel, and we currently expect a low double-digit year-over-year revenue decline. We concluded our contractual obligations for PPE manufacturing in Q3, and as a result, we do not expect further revenue from these activities in the other segment in Q4. In terms of gross margin, we do not expect the DTC and wholesale gross margins in Q4 to repeat the large year-over-year increase we had in Q3. This is due to seasonal spring products and a reduction in wage subsidies and manufacturing. Lastly, we expect total SG&A in Q4 to grow at a similar rate year-over-year to the rate we saw in Q3, driven by our continued investments in brand and demand building. At the start of this year, we moved aggressively to protect the downside while investing with conviction where we saw opportunity. Our success this quarter shows that that strategy is working. We can grow and we can be highly profitable in a challenged operating environment. We believe that this underscores our potential when the world comes out of this pandemic. We know that the path there won't be a straight line, but we're on the right track. And I look forward to updating you on our progress on our next call. And with that, I will pass it over to our operator to begin Q&A. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Please limit your questions to one question and one follow-up. Your first question comes from the line of Omar Saad of Evercore. 
Omar, your line is open. Thank you for taking my question. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm wondering about, you know, I appreciate the information around the tourist impact. It sounds like it was a pretty big drag, but maybe you could dive in a little bit deeper, you know, especially in North America and Europe where there you know, has historically been a strong tourist customer. Um, and maybe you could also shed some light on the mix of your business between locals and tourists in your key market. And then also, you know, the Chinese tourists, such an important tourist. Do you have the footprint and presence you need in China to recapture some of those lost tourists there yet? Thanks, guys. Uh, hey, hey, Omar, thanks for your question. Um, good question. You know, we're certainly in an environment with essentially no international traffic in North America and Europe. Uh, not effectively tourism is, is, has been closed. Uh, and this has been the case uh, since last spring. So I'm really pleased. Uh, with the strength of the demand and local, that we've seen from local markets and, lo and from all of our consumers in these markets, actually, uh, it's, uh, it's been strong um, in and of itself. And, you know, for example, our revenue in Europe and the rest of the world increased by 30%. It's a region which has been uh, particularly hard hit by tourism declines recently, and, we're, and we're, up, we're up there. So, you know, I'm, I'm very encouraged by, uh, <clears throat> by what we've been seeing in, uh, in our local markets from our local consumers. And uh, if I can just add, add a couple of points to that, I mean, I think, you know, in a pre-COVID world, you'll have heard us say many times that our retail traffic had roughly um, a split of 50-50 between local and international consumers. And strategically, our focus this year has been on serving those traveling international consumers at home and driving demand in the local markets. And the fact that we were able to grow our business in Q3 with all of these headwinds um, is, uh, is, is really, really encouraging. When it comes to China, you know, we, we've, um, we've had a, a great um, uh, couple of quarters of performance in, in mainland China this year, and this, this most recent one up 41.7%. We are seeing great progress both in our existing stores and in the new stores. We've got a very clearly established strategy of Tier 1 and Tier 2 complemented by REACH. And we are, we are um, able to uh, take great um, advantage of, the, of that market by executing on that strategy. And we're very pleased with how it's going. Your next question comes from the line of Jay Soul with UBS. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Mauricio Sarna on behalf of Jay Soul. Uh, a couple of questions. I know the fourth quarter you mentioned is not, you know, that relevant on the wholesale channel. Um, but what are you seeing in terms, you know, of uh, wholesale book orders? I don't know if, like, if it's too early to ask maybe on, like, the fall season. Uh, if you could comment also a little bit about how the e-commerce channel grew, like, throughout the quarter, throughout this uh, last quarter. And lastly, uh, as you were mentioning your focus in China and Tier 1 and Tier 2 cities. To how, how does that translate into, like, potential store openings as we move into the next couple of years? Thank you. Um, so I think our wholesale order book you know, is something we typically talk about um, uh, in, the, in the next call. But, you know, we, we run a process, which we're running this year, and you know, we're very pleased with how it's going. I think that, that I can give you some, some assurance about that. Um, we talked a little bit of color on um, 
the e-commerce performance geographically speaking. But I think you know we talked um, in our last call about uh, how we've seen acceleration to, um, toward the end of um, the second quarter in our e-commerce performance year over year. That's an acceleration that continued to build through the third quarter just as the numbers got bigger and just as it really mattered. And that acceleration is something that I'm pleased to say has continued beyond the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. Um, and when and we think about um, you know the future and, and, and where we're going with stores, you know this is we're we're continuing to execute on our strategy. Um, there's no change to that, and that's something we'll comment on further um, at, uh, in due course. But suffice to say, there is no change to our strategy. We see DTC as an important and key avenue for growth in this business, both online and physically. Yeah, and uh, that's I agree. Um, with all of that that's been said, I think that you know I'm I'm particularly proud this year of um, this quarter of uh, of the team and our our ability to have our biggest quarter ever under these circumstances during the global pandemic. Uh, we've seen the global consumer uh, from all over the world uh, drive growth and acceleration and really um, and really. Uh, Really cement us as a lifestyle brand that uh, that they are gravitating towards, and and, and uh, that 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 makes me very optimistic and hopeful for the future. Your next question comes from the line of Kate Fitzsimmons of RBC Capital Markets. Yes, hi, good morning. Uh, congratulations on the return to growth. Um, I guess I wanted to, uh, two quick ones for me. Um, you guys have noted a couple times on the acceleration and the e-commerce business here in Q4. It is interesting because it, it seems at least demand for your your brand, you know, tends that maybe happen earlier in the winter season. So curious what you think is driving the acceleration there. You know, any comments on regional performance or response to, to early spring selling that would be helpful. Um, and then secondly, Jonathan, you noticed, noted some uh, brand building um, investments on the SG&A in, in Q3. You know, what was the nature of some of these kind of investments? And as we look out to Q4, you know, what are some of the strategic expense priorities um, in Q4 and beyond, you know, when we look at the channels, wholesale, DTC, and also that um, unallocated expense bucket? That would be helpful. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Um, I will um, start uh, start off um, by giving a few commentary about that. I think that um, we've, you know, as as um, as we saw in previous quarters and throughout this year, the uh, the consumer mentality is much more of a buy now, wear now mentality. Uh, I think that's important uh, given the shift to to the right. And I think also, you know, with regards to our brand specifically, we're a very relevant brand at a time like this. We're, we're a survival brand. Uh, we make products that last. We make products that, um, that, um, that, that are functional. And I think that consumers these days are, are, are you know, are certainly in times like this, that people are driven to products like ours. And I think in general, uh, people these days are looking for real things that, you know, have uh, real functional attributes and authenticity behind them. And, um, you know, I think that that uh, that is um, that's part of the reason for the uh, acceleration and continued acceleration. And, and, and Kate, on the on the question of, of uh, cost, I think the, the key the key investments that we've been making, as I, I, I sort of referred to it a little bit in my prepared remarks, 
um, are around uh, brand and demand building. Um, and, and we deliberately weren't investing as much. But if you think about the business being a, buy, a much more of the buy now, where now, model that Tony's just talked about, that I think what's key is that you jump on the investment as the market becomes into, into season. And that's, and that's what we were doing. And, you know, whether it was around the markets that we were opening up um, uh, online or whether it was about the existing markets or in support of the markets where we're opening stores, we have been investing to build brand awareness, to build brand salience, and to capitalize um, on the demand and convert it into, 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 into the business that we're reporting today. And that's something that because it's a buy now, wear now model, and because this is now, um, um, you know, we've got the peak continuing into, into Q4, um, that's why we're continuing to invest in it, and that's why you'll see the cost continues to go up. But we're very comfortable with that because we see the payback. Your next question comes from the line of Ike Boracho with Will Spargo. Hey, uh, good morning, everyone. Just two quick ones from me. Um, Jonathan, uh, you, you guys had some great cash flow. Uh, it's a lot of cash you guys have on the balance sheet relative to years past. Um, any any thoughts on use of cash or, or, or our you know, capital allocation? And then, you know, we appreciate the, the wholesale commentary for 4Q. Is there any commentary? There's a lot of noise with the store closures and whatnot, um, but any, any, any help on the BTC revenues that, they, that are embedded in your plan for 4Q as well? Okay. So um, I think when it comes to capital allocation, um, you know, our top priority is investing in the growth of this business. We see it, as, and we've said so many times, but it, it remains true. You know, huge untapped potential um, and therefore you know from our point of view top priority top return on on, on capital is is always going to be um, investing in the future of this business and you know we said before we're going to invest 45 million uh, this year in, in capital expenditure that's very much on track um, and you know we'll that will um, uh, rise and fall as, as the needs of the business demand but that remains our top priority we, we don't, you know we're not looking at other um, uses so um, then thinking about q4 I mean you know we've we've had obviously the the good um, uh, momentum in and, and accelerating momentum in online then offset by the fact that some of the stores are closed. But, you know, as we move through the quarter, you've got to think last year also was, was uh, pretty uh, uh, heavily impaired from about uh, this point in the quarter on. So, uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a strong case to say that this business has got very good DTC momentum. Your next question comes from the line of Megan Annette with TD Securities. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, so, Danny, you touched on this in your remarks, but wondering if you could talk a bit more um, about the success of the various collaborations that were launched during the quarter and also early into Q4. So what kind of response are you seeing there uh, from the consumer? And um, is there any color you can provide on the pipeline of collaborations uh, that you're working on in the upcoming year. And uh, just lastly, any update on the plans for the footwear launch that you can touch on? Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your question. Um, and uh, yeah, collaborations are a very important part of our business. Um, 
and um, and they have been. Uh, we had they have been successful successful for us this year. We had our first ever guest designer this year, um, Shanghai-based Angel Chen. She designed a capsule collection for us, and um, uh, it's been received very well by our consumers. And you know, it's, uh, it's these these are opportunities that provide um, they they really provide hype moments for our brand and ways for our brand to be reinterpreted for um, you know by different by different uh, designers. Uh, for different markets, and you know, this has been a, a collaboration which has been received well generally, and uh, and we do intend to do more, more, uh, more guest designer collaborations in the future. Uh, it, it's definitely been something which works for us, uh, as we do with our collaborations, which we've been doing for many years. In terms of footwear, uh, we're still on track to launch that at the end at, at this uh, next year, next fall. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. I think footwear is going to be a very important category for us in the long term. Uh, I think we're doing it the right way. I think our strategy um, was uh, very carefully uh, thought through, and uh, we're executing against that strategy well. And I believe that execution is one of our strong points, and I think that um, you know, I'm very excited for the market to see what our footwear uh, looks like and what we can do with it. Your next question comes from the line of Oliver Chin of Cohen. Hi. Uh, regarding innovation and product, Danny, how are you thinking about focuses on the lighter weight product and non-evergreen? You have a really a strong core uh, and then as we look ahead, inventory relative to sales growth, uh, would love your thoughts on how you're planning that um, given the, the performance here and how your production availability or utilization looks. Thank you. Thanks, Oliver. Um, so with regards to um, innovation and product, um, First of all, our core product, and I mean our, our core business model, is, is still very important. That we have a strong core, uh, and uh, you know we've seen that this year as well. Uh, you know, consumers have gravitated towards that. But at the same time, there has been a lot of product diversification, a lot of diversification into lightweight down. Uh, our 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 knitwear has been well received. Our fleece has been well received, and we've certainly seen that we have, you know to say um, permission from our consumers to get into new categories that make sense for us. And, you know, of course, it's very important for us that we do that in a, in a best-in-class way and that we put a best-in-class product into the market regardless of what category it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very encouraged to see the, the diversification uh, globally. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, that that just speaks to the uh, relevance of Canada Goose as a global lifestyle I think when it comes to um, inventory, I mean, clearly we're, we're, we're reporting um, a modest decline this quarter. It's exactly where we want it to be. Um, you know, we've always said that we're going to draw down on, on the inventory levels at the start of the year. That's exactly how this is playing out. Um, and, and it, you know, it, made, it generated a huge amount of our cash flow in Q3. As a vertical manufacturer with an evergreen offering, the beauty is that we can do this without constraining our commercial flexibility. So we've got a really strong position with, with already staged inventory, and we can adjust that at speed. Um, um, but frankly, if we, if we were an outsource model, we couldn't. Um, and so we remain on track to deliver a significant year-over-year -year decline without compromising the commercial potential of the business. Your next question comes from the line of Mark Petrie with CIBC. 
Hey, good morning. Um, you touched on this earlier, but I just want to follow up specifically with regards to China and sort of the evolution in shopping behavior there uh, and recognizing that, you know, parkas obviously do drive the business, particularly for Q3. Uh, I'm interested to hear about the adoption beyond parkas and how the sales mix in China compares to other regions, um, you know, where you've had uh, a direct consumer presence longer, you know, specifically sort of, you know, parkas versus accessories or knitwear. And, and then, you know, what that tells you about how the brand is building uh, in that market. I, mean, I think the, the, the way to think about that is that we, you know, obviously we've seen great headway with Parkers in China, but we've also seen good, strong headway with the other categories. And, and, and that's what's really pleasing, is that we're, we're able to see this building out. Um, and getting a much more rounded presence with the consumer there, which is which is important for the, the full breadth and depth of the brand and our presence um, in that big market. So, and I, I guess it, what you probably see is, is you know, China's a big country. Um, if you think about it from a north versus south point of view, you know, the southern part of China um, is, is, is much warmer. It's 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 less um, frigid in the winter. Um, and therefore, you get more of a mix in favour of the lighter weight products there. Whereas you go further north, and particularly in the in the in, in the depths of winter, it's it, it's it's a more heavy um, part of penetration. Yep, and that's exactly that. I just think it, you know, back to well, you know, previous comments a little bit. I think that this just speaks to the, you know, the the growth of Canada Goose as a lifestyle brand being you know, and our products being accepted uh, across multiple categories. That makes sense for us, and um, you know, I. I it's very encouraging. I see a lot more of it in the future, and I believe, I believe that there's a there's a lot of opportunity ahead of us. Your next question comes from the line of Adrian Yee with Barclays. Hello. Good morning. Um, my question is actually on um, kind of the reinstallation or reengagement of the manufacturing process starting for this year for winter 2021. Um, you know what level of innovation um, you know are you are you planning for winter 2021 and then secondarily on the wholesale uh, guidance for fourth quarter is that um, is that largely due to current bookings um, what's the opportunity for upside to that number and upon full recovery do you think you will re-engage with the same number um, and sort of inventory depth in these channel partners thank you very much um, thank you for your question. If I understand the question correctly, with regards to factory innovation, you know, we in our we uh, we're, we're constantly innovating and finding more efficient ways to manufacture our products. We're really proud that we are able to. We do have eight facilities here in Canada, and that we're always um, we're always uh, we're always uh, innovating and making them more efficient. And um, you know, uh, we have the largest manufacturing infrastructure of its kind in this country. Uh, employing approximately 20% of the cotton so workforce Canada. Uh, and, um, you know, in terms of our wholesale business, I mean, we're really, we're really happy with it. And, um, you know, we, as, you know, as, as, as always, wholesale is a very important part of our business. Uh, our wholesale partners are like-minded partners who, um, you know, who uh, add value to our brand. And, and uh, you know, Jonathan, I'll add some more color to the numbers of that. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd say um, is this is a tiny quarter for wholesale. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, that, and that's normal. 
it's it's this is a this is a highly seasonal business. Pretty much all of the wholesale is done before we get into this quarter. This year is no different, um, and the fact we're going to be um, down down year over year is, is it's very small numbers, and and uh, that's that's also important to to keep in perspective. You know we're we you know notwithstanding the closures and the restrictions, you know we're we're positive about the wholesale channel, but at the same time, and as I said earlier, we are very disciplined. We're very controlled about what we do. We see it as a strong, complementary, brand accretive channel when it's managed well, and that's what we intend to do. Your next question comes from the line of Brian McNamara with Brennenberg Capital. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking the question. Uh, just a follow-up on wholesale. Um, so the results came in much better than your guidance of a low double-digit decline. Could you provide more color on what drove that large delta? And also, is it reasonable to assume you've called a significant amount of wholesale partner just given the after effects of COVID? Um, and if so, have your stronger partners been getting better allocations as a result? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, our wholesale performance in, in the quarter um, was something we're very pleased with. Um, obviously, the primary um, uh, source of revenue in the quarter is that we are uh, fulfilling our order book. That's what we did. Um, to the extent that customers wanted want more, it's something that we consider in our allocation model after we consider the priorities of DTC. Notwithstanding that, we were able to meet those uh, requests, and so that produced some, some positive growth. We were very pleased with how that, that piece turned out. We're, we're also, um, you know, I think the other thing to, to think about is, as we um, look at the size of our wholesale business, now we've been on a continual edit, or continuous edit, of um, our wholesale distribution uh, for the last several years. We don't see that changing anytime soon. For us, what matters is quality of distribution over quantity of distribution. And that's what's so important. Um, and so we should expect to continue to focus on that um, as we move forward, but equally with a, uh, an important uh, part of our business in this channel. Your next question comes from the line of Robbie Owens with Bank of America Securities. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my question. I, I wanted to just uh, ask about the, the U.S. market in particular. Um, you know, the U.S. revenues, I think, were down a little bit um, for the quarter, but digitally, you pointed out, was strong double-digit. Are the um, – was wholesale uh, weaker in the U.S. than other regions, or were the stores, uh, you know, much weaker um, – you know, versus, you know, what you're seeing in China, maybe a little more color on, on kind of how the U.S. market played out through the quarter. Yeah, I mean, so what, I, what I'd say to, to give a bit more color on that, I mean, first of all, um, online performed extremely well. Um, we were very happy with it, and um, it's a big business, and it grew nicely, thank you. So it, it, was, it was a very strong business. Um, stores were a little bit... Um, uh, interrupted, I think you know some noise around the election and, and traffic generally has been a, um, has been disrupt, disrupted. Our wholesale business was very good. Um, as I said before, we we fulfilled the the wholesale order book. We were able to um, deal with requests for for further product. 
So from our point of view, we were very happy with the, the U.S. market. We see it as having a lot more potential for us, but at the same time, we, we um, enjoy good, good performance this quarter. Yeah, I would like to echo that sentiment and that, you know, I think that given that, um, as we all know, there was no tourism this year and there were major disruptions, many stores, wholesale and retail were closed at um, different points in time throughout the year. I think that um, the strength that, uh, that, that uh, wholesale and retail showed during um, the time that they were open for local, as it relates to local consumers was, was extremely robust uh, and strong. And, um, you know, certainly demonstrated the um, the demand, the underlying demand for our product, which was uh, which was very encouraging. I would now like to hand the call back to Mr. Danny Reese for any closing remarks. Well, thank you, um, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody for joining the call. Before we leave, I would like to close by acknowledging how challenging a year it has been and continues to be for so many people. COVID-19 has impacted the lives of millions, and our hearts go out to all of those that have been affected. I'd also like to sincerely thank our team members around the world for their continued efforts, resilience, and strength, and for showing such, for showing such strong embodiment of our values throughout this very difficult year. Uh, thank you, everybody, again, for joining us on this call, and I certainly look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thank you for your participation. This concludes today's call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.